name of Jesus. All righty then. This is your very first time joining us. We want to welcome you to the service. Um, it's a good time. It's a blessed time. It's an awesome time to be in the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. How many people came expecting a word from the Lord on today? I mean, I'm talking about show enough, Lord, show up, show out, do your thing in the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about play church. We don't we don't play church. We are we're either going to be the church, but we can't be play church in the name of Jesus. All right. Grab your Bibles, if you will, and make this declaration with me in the course of Isaiah 61. It says this, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified. And that's the part that most people stop at. They stop at that one verse and then they, they forget verse four, which says, as a result of all these things, as a result of the spirit of the Lord being upon you, as a result of you preaching uh, the good news to the meek, the binding up the broken heart and proclaiming live to the captain and opening the prison and abound, that what you will do as a result of that, you will go forth and you will. And according to verse number four, you shall build up the old ways. You shall raise up the former desolations and the you shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor and praise and thank you for this opportunity in your word today. Father, I pray that our teaching and preaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit of power. Holy Spirit, we know you're already here. Move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person as you see fit. Well, our covenant with you, Father, for miracles, signs, wonders in advance, that lives will be changed, minds will be renewed, hearts will be changed, Father God, and that you will show forth your glory in earth just as it is in heaven. May you be glorified, Father. We thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Man, glory to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. This is Thanksgiving weekend, so we just want to thank God. Thank God for this opportunity. Thank, this is Canadian Thanksgiving weekend in the name of Jesus, and we are going to show thanks. How many people know you got a lot of things to be thankful for? I mean, you know, a lot of people who, who were here last year on here this year, you have a lot to be thankful for. Even in the midst of all the test trials and tribulations, we give thanks. Why? Because it could always be worse. People say, how do you think it could be worse? Trust me. I know people in this, I have known people in the States and even here in Canada who have loved ones who were here last year, who aren't here this year. It could always be worse. But guess what? We serve a good God. And even in the midst of every test, trial and tribulation, we know that if we keep our eyes stayed on him, he will keep us in perfect peace in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. All right. And now somebody. 
Somebody asked for a word of the Lord. Somebody was watching the broadcast last week and they asked the father for a word. He's like, you know, I, I, I hear you talk about this, Jesus. I hear you talk about how you're supposed to how you're supposed to live this prosperous life. I hear you talk about how healing has been made available and all that. How do I go about doing all those things? Well, the father gave me this word for you to answer your question. Where he says, well, your question is, where do I begin? Well, you begin the same way that the father beginning. And according to John chapter one, verse one, it says this in the beginning was the word. And if you didn't go any further than that, you, that would be your beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So in the beginning is the word. You always start. Uh, you started in everything based off of what the word of God says. And of course, uh, uh, Psalms chapter 119, verse 105, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It says, truth, shining light, guides me in my choices and my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. In other words, the more the, the more you get the word, we, another way it says is, is a, let your la word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's the same way as when you walk, if you've ever been on a, a dark path at night and you have a flashlight, the flashlight leads you in the, in the way that you should go, the areas by which you should stand. So if you, if you think, if you're think you're getting off path, all you got to do is shine your light on the path and you will see which way to go. He says, my word does the exact same thing. It guides you in, the, in, in your choices and in your decisions. In fact, the revelation of your word makes my path clear. He goes on to say, same chapter, Psalms 119, verse 130 says this. It says, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. Another way to say that says the entrance of your word brings light. The entrance of God's word into your heart brings forth revelation. So same thing, once, but it all starts with the word. You have to get the word on the inside of your heart so that you're able, it will be able to guide you in your choices and in your decisions. And when you have an open heart, it will give revelation to you into, God, into God's plans. Can you all see that? He also goes on to say, he says this. He says in one, Psalms 119, 135, he says this. This is out of the King James Version. It says, order my steps according to your word. The Passion Translation says this. Smile on me, your loving servant. Instruct me on what is right in your eyes. Now, the only way you're going to understand and know what is right in God's eyes is by first getting in his word. And when you get in his word, his word will give you light. It will guide your choices and your decisions. It will bring revelation to you as far as the path to make your pathway clear. It will also shine in you. And as you have an open heart, he will begin to give you insight into his plans and purposes for your life. Can y'all see that? So when you, it all, it begins and it ends with the word of God. 
It begins and ends with the word of God. That's why, again, you everything is like it says in John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word. See, tr people can try to replace it with all kind of theories, thoughts, uh, reasonings. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, if you want to do it the way God intended it to do, it begins and it ends with his word. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, that's a nugget for someone in the name of Jesus. You ask the question, God says, that's your answer. It starts with his word. If you want to know how to carry out his plans and purposes for your life, it starts with his word. If you want to make decisions and choices based off of how God's kingdom operation system works, it starts and ends with his word. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Now, agendas, tactics, and results. See, one thing about a Marine is this. We never quit. We just find another way to accomplish what, we're, what we set out to do. So why is all this important? Because God told me to share this with you today. If offense is the tactic he's using, and his end result is to cause you to get into division, what does that have to do with the body of Christ today? I'm so glad you asked. Thank you, Doug, for asking this question. Well, praise the Lord, I'm going to answer it for you. I see you read over and looking at it. Okay, and of course, it's the New Passion Translation. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. What time is it? In other words, what's going on? What in, you ever look? You ever woke up in the world in the morning and say, "What in the world is going on?" Well, I'm about to show you exactly what's going on. In accordance to uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse number four, it says this. It says, and Jesus answered his disciples. Now, the disciples asked him the question. They were taking Jesus, setting up the, setting it up. Jesus was, disciples was taking Jesus on a tour around town. And he showed them about this, this temple that everybody was looking at. And Jesus said, this temple soon was going to be fall down. It's going to come to rubbish. So they asked him three Three questions. Jesus, when should these things be? And when is this, uh, the sign of your return? And when is this, what are the signs of the ends of the age? So they're asking three questions. But right now we're only going to answer one of them. What is going to be the sign that, that your return is imminent? And here we go. Jesus answered and said, all that... Uh, he says, at that time, talking about the time of his, his return, soon return, at that time, deception will run rampant. And how many people know, I mean, I was sharing with you in about some stuff that I've seen about, you know, now that Ottawa's back under the, the limited restrictions about the level of misinformation that's being put out there right now. I mean... And you can fact check it. You won't even have to go deep. You can look at the same information that they said that they're reporting out. So you got to watch what it is you're listening to because everyone, we talked about this last one, everybody has, a, has an objective. There is a narrative behind everything that's being said, even across the news stations. So you gotta, you got to do your research on about, about what's going on. Does that mean to be rebellious or go against what they're telling you to do? Absolutely not. But you got to know the source behind what they're saying and what they're doing.
There is an agenda. I, I'm not released to say it here, here yet, but there is an agenda and it's not for your good. All that time, at that time, Jesus says, deception will run rapid. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed. And they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars nearby and revelations, uh, revolutions on every side with more rumors of war to come. What does Jesus says? Don't panic or give in to your fears. Now, one of the greatest tactics that people are using right now, and we found this out last week when the young lady put that information out about the number of new cases in a day and found out that what she was really reporting was actually information from March and July, and she reported as if it would happen that day. What do you call that? Deception. When you say that people are dying of corona and you go back and you fact check and find out that, that yes, some of them were tested positive for corona, but it never said that was the cause of death. But if you lump them all in the same category, you would think it will inflate the numbers and you would think the situation is a lot worse. What will it cause people to do? Get into fear. Is it real? Absolutely. Absolutely. But are you to fear and get into panic? Why, have, why do you don't want to get into fear and panic? Because the moment you get into fear and panic, you, make, you don't make good decisions. And you also open up the door for the adversary to come in and do exactly what it is he desires to do. And what's that? Steal, kill, and destroy. So what does it say? He says, Jesus says, don't panic or give in to your fears. Why? For the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. Did y'all hear that? The breaking apart. Glory to God. The breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. In other words, the breaking apart of the world, the, this, the, the Babylonian system of rule, reign, and rulership is destined to break apart. It's going to happen. So what, what did God tell, God's instruction to me to tell the people today is get, get, get out of the world system. In other words, you want to get over into the kingdom of God, understanding what the kingdom of God's way of doing things is because the world system is slowly falling apart. It's built on a deck of cards. It's built on buying and selling and debt. What happens if you stop the economy of the world? People are not buying. People aren't selling. Credit is, is not being extended. It's the world system is based on buying, selling, and credit and debt. If you don't have those things, the, the economy begins to tank. But good news. The kingdom of God's economy never tanks. The kingdom of God, oh, glory to God. He says, the kingdom, of my, he says, my, my way of doing things is not based off of the, what the world does. My way of doing things is based off of my own principles, rules, guidelines, and regulations. He says, and when you seek first my way of doing things and, and my righteousness and follow holy after me, he says, all these other things will be added unto you. 
All right. Glory to God. Are y'all with me so far? He says, so, so he says, for the breaking away or breaking apart of this world system is destined to happen. He says, but it won't yet be the end. It is still, it will still be unfolding. He says, nation will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. Mm -hmm. And there will be ter uh, terrible earthquakes and seismic events of epic proportions, horrible epidemics and famines in place after place. He says, this is how the first, uh, first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. He says, you can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated by all nations because of your love for me. He goes on to say this. He says this. He says, glory to God. He says, then many. He said, many will stop following me and fall away. So think about that for a second. He's telling you beforehand what's going to happen and why. Did it say God did any of these things? He says, when these things come, you're going to see people begin it and they're going to begin to get it, get it eyes of one another. And there's going to be great deception. that's going to run rapid. And he, and he says, and and all these things are going to happen. And people, you know, people, there's going to be a revolution on every side and people are going to begin to fight against one another. What does who does that sound like? That sounds like the adversary. What does he try to do? His agenda is to steal, kill and destroy you. He says these he says all these things are going to happen. He says, but this is just only the beginning. He says you can expect to be persecuted. So, church, I'm telling you right now, you are going if you're going to stand up for the for in the body of Christ, if you're going to stand up for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to receive some persecution. I'm just telling you, get ready because it's coming if it hasn't already started. He says, many will stop following me and fall away. And they, and he says, not only will they stop following me, they, not only will they fall away, he says, but they will even begin to betray one another and they will hate one another. And many lying prophets will arise, deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth. So you're going to have prophets and, and, and teachers and pastors and all kind of so-and-so who is going to be rising up and is going to lead many away from the truth. He said there would be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. He says, but keep your hope to the end. And you will experience life and deliverance. Yet, through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world. So even though all these things are going on, even though there's going to be trials and tribulations seemingly on every side, he says the one thing you can be assured of is the kingdom of God will be preached to every nation. See, God will never be outdone by the adversary. He will never be outdone by the adversary.
but he told me to share with you today. He asked this question. Are you are you ready for battle? Are you ready for battle? I got two minutes and then I'm going to be done. I, 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 oh, that's good. Can y'all see it? I mean, without even going into can you see everything that the word just shared? Can you see it going on outside in the world right now? People don't know what to do. So he's looking to the body of Christ to be his mouthpiece, to be his hands and his arms and his fingers, to be able to minister, to do works of the service towards the people. Why? Because the covenant that God made with Abraham and also with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that he will bless us to be a blessing until all families of the earth are blessed. Can y'all see that? I don't know about y'all, but that brings a lot. A level of conviction. What are we doing? What are we doing to change the narrative? I talked to some family members about this. Well, something like that. I talked to them about it, and it, it's always an interesting conversation because people are very strong on one side or the other. I mean, you know, in the States the other day, they had a, a vice president uh, debate. And man, if you'd have watched that, if you'd have watched, you can't look at Facebook and then watch the debate at the same time and be like, are we like looking at the same thing? Because if you believe heavy on one side, see, that's good, Lord. He says the middle is gone. There used to be like middle ground. There's no middle ground now. You either are, you are either right or you are either left. And see, the, and this, see, this is the part that even the left doesn't understand. And this is the part the right doesn't understand either. There used to be a left, a right, a center. Now there is extreme left. See, what people don't realize is the left, see, what they call left, you have regular left and then you have social left. Social left is based off of a socialist mentality which makes you dependent upon the government. The danger in that is it's never worked. Do you know that the government would rather you be dependent upon them than for you to go out and make your own little bit and then pay in through regular taxes? They don't want that. They want to have the control. That's the agenda. I'm I wasn't supposed to say that was. That's the agenda. And people say, well, that's just the agenda in the States. No, it's not. That's the agenda right here. It's going on. But people, people can't see it. Why? Oh, that's good, Lord. He says because they're blinded by all this other stuff that's going on in front of them. See, when you're so blinded by, you know, how am I going to feed my baby? How am I going to clothe them? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? that you don't realize that there's another agenda that's going on behind the scene, that by the time you realize what's going on, it's too late. But God put, put, planted us in this, in this time for this season. That's good, Lord. He says, for such a time as this have I called you to this place and for this season. To do what? What he just said. To proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. 
and to teach people how to operate according to the kingdom so you're not dependent upon it on the world system that he's already said is slowly deteriorating. It's inevitable. It's going to crash. Do y'all hear that? Do y'all see that? Mm -hmm. So what is your responsibility? Stop sitting there with 10 pounds of word in your mouth in a five pound bag and don't say nothing. You can't get into like a, uh, uh, you can't get into uh, theories. You got to show, what does the word say? I'm telling you, this is what's going on in the world today. This is what's happening right now. And you got all kind of people telling people all kind of stuff, even from the pulpit, just like this, that is not true. Does that mean you rebel against the government or the system? Rebel against people? No. But if what they're saying doesn't line up with what the word of God has to say, then you, that's going to cause something, you to do something illegal, immoral, or unethical, then you, can, you can't, you can't, you got to, I can't say that here. I'll tell y'all offline. But bottom line is you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. It's not like we can't see and know what's going on, but you, some people can see but don't see. Even people who you go to church with every week can see and don't see. They can hear and don't hear. Or what they hear, they refuse to receive because it doesn't line up with what it is that they already believe. But we have a responsibility. And I'm going to tell you the truth, no matter what. Even if it's just me and my lovely standing here by ourselves, which I believe God it never will be. You got to tell you the truth, no matter what. And we're going to catch some heat for it. It says we're going to get persecuted. It, shoot, it even said we're going to get hated. It even said we're going to get betrayed. I'm like, shoot, we already been in that season. What you talking about? We, we, we already know about that. We already had people persecute. We already heard people... Uh, turn her back, betray people you would have never thought. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we have a responsibility to the youth, to the young adults, to our children, our grandchildren, and their children to speak the truth. We got to speak the truth. Does it to get people into fear? No. Why is Jesus telling them? So they can prepare for it. God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be deceived. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be destroyed. He loves you so much that he sent us here all the way, 1,800 miles to come for this time, for this season, to share this word to you. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Will we ever go back to churches, what people call no? This is something my wife and I were talking about it yesterday. People make up the church. The building is just where we come to gather. People, when Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church without a spot or wrinkle, he ain't talking about a building. He's talking about people. We are the body of Christ. But he tells us to come together to do what? So we can mature in the things of God, to go forth and do the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ. Do y'all see that?
I know y'all do. Glory to God. Thank y'all so very much for y'all participating. Thank you for those amens. Doug, stop running around. Praise the Lord. Jared, sit down. Sorry. Father, we thank God and praise you for this opportunity in your word. But Father, we want to give everyone an opportunity. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's as simple as repeating this prayer after me and saying it out of your mouth and believing it in your heart. It's just this simple. See, God don't make things difficult. See, man makes it difficult and hard, and, and you got to raise his hand. And rock. Man, it's not that difficult. It's simply this, like, like a little child. You know what? He says this. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So this is how we could do it. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I turn from my sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and receive your offer of forgiveness. I have confessed you as Lord of my life. I receive your Holy Spirit with a baptism of speaking in tongues. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now think about this. Is that simple? Is literally that simple? In other words, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't have to say 120 Hail Marys and pass out 120 bean pies and, you know, whoop yourself with a cat of nine tails. You ain't got to go through all that. All you have to do is make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And when you make him the Lord of your life, then what you're saying is, Jesus, you are my master. You are my savior. You are Lord. You have the final say and you can you are the one who directs my path. Now, if you made that decision today, simply you can either do one or two things. You can send us an email at info at faithfullifeottawa.com or go on the website at faithfullifecenter and faithfullifecenter.com and fill out one of those where it says information. Put your information in there. We'll get the email and we'll get some information into your hands in the name of Jesus. Now, we, there's another part of the service we love to participate in. Why? Because it's, it's operating according to the kingdom of God. In accordance to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 15. You know what? I seen a video one time, Jerry, and it was it's about these people who was in Africa and it was as offering and uh, uh, ties and offering time. And this guy, he came up and, I mean, when they was doing offer time, they had music on and the guy was dancing and everything. I mean, he was, when it says bringing your offer with joy, that brother had some serious joy. I mean, in fact, one time he did a, he did a cartwheel. <laughs> I like, praise God. I was like, <clears throat> that's a, that looked like something Sister Joanne would do, you know, but praise the Lord. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, praise God. I could take you to some places. You would actually see that today. Glory to God. Did y'all get anything out of it? We're not, it's not, we're not, we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. I mean, that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Why? Because God is always revealing to us what's really going on. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 says it this way. For I want you to know that the Philippian church was the only church that supported me in the beginning as I went out to preach the gospel. 
you were the only church that sold into me financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, you supported me for well over a year. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift, but so that the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. I now have all I need, more than enough. He goes on to say, I'm abundantly satisfied, for I've received the gift you sent by a prephrodite and viewed it as a sweet sacrifice perfumed with the fragrance of your faithfulness, which is so pleasing to God. I am convinced that my God will fully supply every need you have, for I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. In other words, my God is the one that supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. Why? Because you have sown back into my life so that I can, I, you have blessed me so that I can be a blessing to others. Do y'all see that? <laughs> so when you sow into the kingdom of God, you're sowing into the kingdom so through the kingdom we can be a blessing to somebody else. Is that, it's just that simple. Sometimes people make it too deep. It's just that simple. You are blessed to be a blessing to all families of the earth have been blessed. Glory to God. If you brought your tithes and offer with you, uh, just lift it up before our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, and repeat this after me. Well, get, join your faith with me in the name of Jesus. Say, dear, say, Father, we thank God and praise you for this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God through Faithful Life Center. We thank you that a seed meets in any glory be to God. We call it blessed, Father God. We declare we receive our daily supply, Father God, and we're amply supplied by you, Father God, in accordance to Matthew chapter 6. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that because we brought our tithes and offers to the storehouse, that there is meat in your house, and we prove you down if you would not open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. You have rebuked the devourer for our sake. He'll not be able to destroy the fruit from our ground. You've made all grace abound towards us, that we always have an all-sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work. Father God, you give seed to the soul and bread to the eater. We thank you for it right now. Ministry angels, go forth. Cause our harvest and our monies to come. Satan, get your hands off of our harvest right now in the name of Jesus. But we have need of it for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. We call it done right now in Jesus' name. We call you blessed, prosperous, whole. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. We call your families whole. We call your bodies whole. We call your relationships whole. We call your businesses, your workplaces whole in the name of Jesus. We call forth the blessing of, of the Lord, which makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. He commit, we commend the blessing of the Lord into your storehouses, and he multiplies your seed sown. We call it done right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today. We apologize for the technical issue. Prayerfully, next week, we won't have any of that. May you be blessed and prosperous in all that you do this week. If you're in Canada, happy Canadian Thanksgiving. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.